It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade. And nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got to repeat. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making this part of your regular routine daily, Monday through Friday. You will find us, the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Sam Jam Packard, here after a 90-89 loss, just a kind of gross game, uh, maybe to be expected in the midst of this ridiculous December schedule that the Celtics are facing. Uh, lots to talk about tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum damn near had his pinky ripped off early in the game. Al Horford fouled out in like a minute and a half of craziness. Kelly Olynyk dropped a career high. And uh, the Celtics made a ridiculous comeback that I swear Kyrie Irving was going to win. All of this is brought to you by our friends at Draft, draft Draft.com and the Draft app where Sam Packard and I give away money on a regular basis playing fantasy, daily fantasy basketball. Seriously, we're like just getting crushed on a regular basis. So we'll talk more about draft in a few minutes. So uh, where do we start here? I guess we'll start at the end and work our way backwards, Sam. Did, are you surprised that Kyrie didn't hit that shot at the end? I mean, I, I am surprised he, he got a good look. Uh, I was more surprised that the Celtics somehow managed to work their way back into that game. That was an ugly, ugly basketball game. And they were down for 10 or they were down nine with like two minutes left to play. And just Kyrie and Marcus smart hit a big three. They had that crazy sequence where, uh, Jalen Brown had a nice defensive stop on, I think waiters driving amazing ball movement. Tatum misses a corner three. Of course, Marcus smart gets the, um, offensive rebound, gets it back out more crazy ball movement. And then Kyrie Irving has the most casual behind-the-back pass I've ever seen, and uh, Jalen Brown knocks down the three. And at that point, you thought, eh, this, this team has a chance. Um, and they did what they needed to do. They played defense. They, the two-for-one w- worked out for them perfectly, um, where they had the ball with the down three with 37 seconds left. Kyrie got right to the rim. And you know what? I wouldn't have been shocked if he made that shot. <laughs> Maybe it's karma because they had no business winning that game against the Pacers. Uh, but they played a absolutely atrocious basketball game for the first uh, – actually pretty good in the first quarter. But the second and third quarter, they were not good and um, really didn't deserve to be in this game. And But like I guess you credit to them for fighting back. But I don't know. It, was, it got a good look. It didn't go in. But the, this team is not playing its best basketball right now. They've lost four of eight. Uh, there's clearly problems scoring on the on the second unit, uh, and I don't know. And Kelly Olynyk just comes back, drops his career high, 
just it was amazing tonight. He was so good that he dunked himself out of the basketball game. He dunked it so hard that he hurt himself and had to be removed from the game. Like I just I don't know how to react to Kelly Olynyk. It's just I didn't know I missed his gazelle baby gazelle like <laughs> motions until I saw him doing it. And tonight he was just he was amazing. He just is the the threes he hit six of eight from three point land. The six threes is also a career high for him. The fake dribble handoffs. I can't believe the Celtics fell for what felt like nine fake dribble handoffs, including that huge dunk late. Uh, and he played pretty solid positional defense, and he was the guy who uh, drew three fouls on Horford to get him out of the game. So, I mean, you have to give give Kelly Olynyk credit. Uh, I guess players, when they leave, we saw Jonas Jerebko do the same thing. When they come back to Boston this season, they get their revenge game. I'm terrified for what Isaiah is going to do. Isaiah is going to drop 95. <laughs> that very well could happen. You know, the Celtics just did not defend very well. The third quarter was a disaster. I, I can't begin to properly, if you didn't see the game, properly give you an idea of what happened in that third quarter. Not only were the Celtics outscored 26-15, I'm surprised that the Celtics even had 15. Kelly they, they, that all came at the end. They started on a 22-7 run, the Heat did. Yeah, they, they – right. The uh, Kelly Olynyk shot four or five, 11 points in in the third quarter. The Celtics shot 23%, 23.5% from the field and 18% from three in the third quarter. To kind of go along with an overall kind of crappy second half, the, the Celtics only made up some of these percentages. They shot 36% in the second half. They only made that up by going off in the last 2.45 of the game. A 13-3 run to end the game. Uh, that was just kind of nuts. But not enough. Not enough. Kelly Olenek, like you said, career high 32. Uh, the bounce was real tonight, for sure. Uh, in that third quarter, he made seven straight shots. Uh, and the Celtics just didn't have an answer. And the thing that was kind of um, very interesting about that third quarter. It's something um, the kid Jay King pointed out. The Celtics opened up that quarter trying to go small. They started Marcus Smart in, instead of uh, Aaron Baines, basically trying to split up um, Bam and Kelly Olynyk. And the Heat and Eric Spolster just countered by going to a zone. And it felt like the Celtics had never seen zone defense before and were just completely unable to do anything with it. Uh, just kind of confused for the first half of the possession. Eventually they'd like send someone in to the zone to try and like break it down to send it out. But they missed, uh, they were two for 11 from three in that, um, third quarter. And they just really couldn't score any points. And the only, the two people, like, of course the two made threes come from Marcus smart, but Tatum was over one. Horford was over one. Jalen was over two. Kyrie was over two. Tito was over one. It was just, it was a horrible offensive quarter. And I'm, it's, I'm, the Celtics have are not the best outside shooting team, and so I'm surprised that teams haven't gone to uh, use a kind of a two three zone like that uh, in the past. But it's if I'm watching tape, I'm, that's like the exact thing I'm doing if I'm the Celtics opponent because they have really struggled to, to knock down outside shots consistently, and it really felt like they were completely befuddled by it. Yeah, they really did not react well to the zone, and I just i I don't want to blame everything on the schedule because it's. It's an easy excuse to make. Look, the Celtics tonight fell into a tie in the loss column with the Toronto Raptors. So they both have eight losses. However, 
the Celtics have five more wins than the Raptors. So that's how many more games they've ended up playing. They have equal number of losses, five more wins. So the Celtics, as we've said before, play half their schedule in October, November, December. And they started in the middle of October. So two and a half months, they play half their schedule, which is insanity. And this is, it really is starting to show up. They they have, they were standing around a lot. In the third quarter, it just felt like they were making a lot of passes, but meaningless passes, just meaningless, mindless passes around the perimeter that did nothing to move the defense they had no idea what to do with the zone. They didn't attack any gaps. They didn't try to get people to collapse and drive and kick. They just kind of try to move it around. I don't know what what it is. If there's just a lack of practice to say, hey, if a team decides to zone it up on us, here's what we want to do. But at the same time, the coaching staff is smart, and they should be able to say to the players, okay, here's a zone. Let's – Go to this. Let's go to this X thing. So, I think tough. a lot of the issues were that the beyond Kyrie tonight, the they had real trouble scoring. I mean, Marcus Smart hit five threes because his only five makes of the game. Because of course, that's what Marcus Smart does. Kyrie had thirty three because he attempted twenty four shots, and that's what you'd expect from him. But Jalen Brown had a very nice uh, first quarter, scoring twelve points, and then we really didn't hear from him until the very end of the game. Um, Tatum missed both his threes tonight. He he finished with eleven, but didn't do much. This is probably the worst game that Al Horford has had for the entire year. Maybe that um, Spurs game, you could argue, but he was two for ten, only scored six points. It just really felt like the Celtics were struggling to get offense that wasn't directly from Kyrie Irving. And then, like you also see people on Twitter complaining about Kyrie chucking. It felt like I don't know. Yeah, he he was better. Like Kyrie's obviously better off ball and shooting threes in my opinion, but like he's, they needed all 33 points from him. They probably, they needed 35 points from him to be honest, but like the rest of the team needs to step up. They just, they finished shooting 37% for the game and it's, that's just not going to cut it. They need some to generate some sort of offense that is not Kyrie Irving. And it's kind of a similar problem, which they had last year is just basically relying on Isaiah. When the, they, the heat went on their run, Basically, the, the whole strategy I felt like for the Celtics was let's just keep this close and hope Kyrie can say bail us out in the fourth quarter. And that's not a sustainable strategy. It's just uh, no matter how good or how clutch Kyrie is, that's not going to win you a lot of basketball games. Yeah, I think really when you're tired, you revert to old habits. And I think a lot of guys, once Kyrie starts to try to cook on his own, a lot of guys were kind of happy to say, oh, okay, great. You're going to do this? Go ahead and do this. I'm happy to kind of sit back and watch Kyrie go do his Kyrie thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think that is part of the problem. Uh, I'm sure another part of the problem, especially for Al Horford and Jason Tatum, is the fact that I drafted them tonight <laughs> in one of my draft fantasy games. So that's the kiss of death. No matter what it is, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm doomed to give away all of my money here. So that if there's ever a reason to sign up for an app that pays money, it's to take the money of the people trying to get you to, to get this app. It's the Draft app or Draft.com. It is my favorite fantasy site 
because it does give me that hope. It's like when I play golf, really. <laughs> I hit, like, I, I, I'm lucky to break 100 if I play golf, but there's one hole in every time I go out there where I'm like a par or a bogey or like I, I just play it well and I go, oh man, it's there. I have it. I'll occasionally win a few bucks, but most of the time I suck. But, uh, so you're definitely not going to get crushed by pros like on other daily fantasy sites. You're not going to get crushed by us. Uh, and it's not just me. More than a million people have already downloaded the draft app. We play every Wednesdays and you can play in a real live draft app right now and be done in under five minutes. Get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling up every second. So you can join one whenever you want. And if you want to play against us, you get free entry into a real money draft. When you make your first deposit, use our promo code LOCELTICS. LOCELTICS. Follow me, JJ Corrales. Follow Sam at Rain and Jam, right? That's the one. And Rain the thing and that's the best about the draft app is that when you do win, well, I, this has only happened to me once or twice, but it's like, it's, it's the perfect gambling feeling where you feel like, oh, of course I won. I was a genius. I made all the right decisions. And then when you lose, you can blame a bunch of other things that weren't your fault. And that's exactly what I'm looking for in my, um, my sports wagering. It just, it, it makes you feel smart because the players you draft are only yours. They're like, you have control of them over that league. And I could draft every day. I pretty much do draft every day. It's just, uh, sit around, bored at work. Oh yeah, I'll set up a draft. Um, got a nice little loyal, uh, following right now. And so you guys have the chance to join pretty much anytime you want. Use that promo code LO Celtics. I'm setting up drafts every day. Uh, it's just good old-fashioned fun, and you can take my money $3 at a time. <laughs> uh, and if that's not enough, Draft is sure so sure that you're going to love everything. They're offering the Locked On Celtics listeners a money-back guarantee of up to $100. Ooh. Uh, that, I don't believe, applies to the Locked On podcast hosts who could probably use a $100 guarantee just as insurance against our own bad decisions so search draft in your app store or go to draft.com come play for free right now with lo celtics and uh take our money nfl teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the locked on podcast network the Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, 
the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I can I can go ahead and blame Mark Davis. Speaking of uh, people that cost me money on the draft app, uh, he filed, he fouled Al Horford out in a span of a minute and a half. He picked up his fourth, fifth, and sixth fouls all in uh, a minute and a half in in the fourth quarter. An offensive foul and a couple of couple of fouls in the post against Kelly Olynyk. I don't know what the hell is up with Mark Davis, but that. Okay, the the sixth foul you can say might have been a foul. That was but, legit. He raked him across the arm. Okay, so in my initial anger, I called it a bullshit foul. But it's one of those fouls. I'll be honest with you. It's one of those fouls that when a team a team star player has five fouls, you basically have to punch somebody in the face to foul out of the game. Especially when you're Al Horford, you don't have a reputation for fouling. That's just how NBA officiating works. It looked like Davis was – I don't know what happened with Horford. I can't imagine Al Horford said anything. Maybe Mark Davis is jealous of Horford's beautiful eyes. But He, he should, should be. He should, yeah, we all should be. But <laughs> to to run those three fouls in such rapid succession, I don't know, man. That Horford wasn't having a great game anyway, and it may not have made much of a difference. But really – I hate talking about officiating, but this just stood out. It, it, it blew my mind. I, I don't know what the hell happened there. It really stood out just because how quickly they happened. And I, the one he fouled out on, I think, think that was a, just a, a good play by Olenek. But the two before that were just – it was just Horford and Olenek battling in the post. And I thought the first one, the offensive foul, was especially a bad call. It was just two guys being very physical. And it felt like the type of thing where you could have called a foul on either of them. And then the same thing with the um, the fifth foul, and it felt like Horford was being punished for how upset he got at the 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 fourth one, the earlier one. And you know, it's 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 it was just crappy. It's just like for, and it was kind of shocking to see them like all happen so quickly. Like it just like that, boom, Horford was out. Um, I very much appreciated Horford's um, wife on Instagram taking pictures of uh, Mark Davis and singling him out for being a terrible ref. Uh, that was a great moment that I saw across my Twitter timeline. I forget what her follow is, but you guys uh, know the internet. You can figure that out. But, um, yeah, I felt like it – I was about to say it changed the tone of the game, but at that point the Celtics were pretty much uh, already sucking and they actually worked their way back into it. So, I don't know. It was, just, it was a kind of an odd event. And um, at some point I'm just going to have to give credit to uh, Kelly Olenek, man. He, he did everything right tonight. He was the hero among us. He, he literally he was the hero among us. Uh, and nice honor for Kelly coming back. He had a lot of people can can say what they want about Kelly Olynyk the player, but he really did a lot of work in the community, and it was a nice way for the Celtics to, to kind of honor him and give him a little tribute. So good, good for Kelly. Good for Kelly. Uh, Jason Tatum's finger went in the wrong direction yeah. tonight. It was. I didn't see it like the picture until afterwards, but it was. It was facing the wrong way. It was like Gordon Hayward's foot. Yeah, the funny thing is that fingers can do that, and you kind of snap them right back in, and it's no big deal. It's. I've seen. I've seen. You know, look, you play basketball long enough, you'll see fingers that do that. You, you can just go look at Lionel Hollins's hands, and you'll see them. You'll see hands that kind of do that forever now. Uh, 
it's weird how fingers can just kind of pop out a joint and you just kind of snap them back in and it'll hurt for a little while. And I'm sure it affected his shot a little bit, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know if he's going to play in New York. Brad Stevens said he'll be either questionable or doubtful or uh, I'm not sure what the uh, update's going to be. It just depends on how he wakes up. It's the pinky. If you watch me at halftime on Periscope, kind of explained the pinky is okay. You just tape that to the ring finger, and you could probably shoot with it. It'd be just fine since it's it's probably the least meaningful finger in the shooting process. So it's just it's just interesting to see uh, his reaction to the injury. Uh, but I, I I think it'll be fine. He made a ridiculous like off one foot shot late in the fourth that would takes a lot of finesse. So I'm not too concerned about the the pinky. He seemed to be playing fine with it uh, at the end of the game, but they're going to need him uh, against the Knicks. I, I, if I was a Celtics fan, I would—I mean, I am a Celtics fan, so I do hope he plays because they're <laughs> going to need his scoring. Uh, they're struggling to score the basketball right now, and right now the Knicks are pretty much. I was, uh, saw one of those graphs where they put like the defensive rating and the offensive rating in the four different quadrants, and the Knicks were literally dead center. The Knicks are the most average team in basketball right now, and so the Celtics. You would think you should get a win, but with the way they're playing, losing four of their last eight um, on a back-to-back you know, when they're playing this horrible December schedule, nothing's guaranteed anymore. It's, it's they just need a they need a bounce-back game and where the roster, you know, one through seven plays well instead of just a a good game from maybe one or two players. They do indeed. Um, that that's going to New York. Uh, at least it's a short trip. And hopefully they can they can come away with a win. They they definitely are struggling. So let's go to the Rain and Jays hashtag. Our good friends on Twitter using the hashtag Rain and Jays to communicate to us throughout the game. Uh, ben Gates at Gates underscore Ben. It's as if this team gets bored until the final two minutes of the game. It, <laughs> I, I think. And again, I, I know people are probably sick of hearing me talk about how tired this team might be, but that they clearly, clearly for long stretches are not are not trying as hard. They are worn out, and then finally in the last couple of minutes they turn it on and play like that. Now you can say if they had just played like that in the first five minutes of the third quarter and extended their lead instead of falling behind by double digits, they might not have needed to do what they did, but. That it is what it is. I, I just feel like uh, that's it's a typical typical performance of a team that's really just kind of lost in the grind of this, of this very very tough stretch. I mean, it's it's. I feel like we've talked about it on the podcast. It's kind of like the doldrums of the of the NBA season, which hasn't even started yet because it doesn't start till Christmas. But it's just <laughs> game after game after game. You can imagine that uh, that wears on you, and I mean. I'm not going to kill them for it. You would like your team to play, play their hardest every single night. I, I kind of understand the context for it, and I give them – this is the ultimate like green glasses statement, but I give them credit for actually like coming back and not just like wilting down the stretch. It felt like they really uh, fed off that crowd. That wild Kyrie behind-the-back pass like made the garden explode, and it, they like they used that energy. Um, ultimately, Kyrie missed the shot, but he got a good shot. They had a chance to win. Um, but you're right. They're, they, 
I would really would have liked that kind of surge of energy to start the f- uh, third quarter rather than to end the fourth. Yeah, I'm just I, I just can't. Uh, they played very very poorly, and I don't well, want. So to did the Heat. This was a shitty basketball game. It was. It was <laughs> this bad. was like a really really bad really. basketball game up until the final like three minutes. It really was. It, it, I mean, when the final score, I mean, they got it to ninety eighty nine after a wild flurry, but it was it was not <laughs> very good. Uh, the halftime score was uh, forty-four to thirty-six, which, ugh, gross. That's that's like a halftime score, ugh. Uh, and I, I, I'm not making excuses. You 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 have to play better. I, I'm just not going to kill them for it because I I just I kind of feel for them. I kind of feel for them to for for what they're kind of going through right now. Look, you say, we always say the unofficial start, or the really, yeah, the unofficial start to the season is Christmas. They got two more games before then. So that would be 36 games. 36 games before the season, quote-unquote, starts. So that's that's a lot. That is a lot of games. And they, they have basically a 46-game season after that. So... It is what it is, and I'm sure we're going to sit here tomorrow after the Knicks game and have a very similar conversation because that's where we are. Uh, back to the hashtag, Rain and Jays. Uh, shout out to Robert Denton. Uh, question, will robots make the officials better? Uh, in parentheses, these guys suck ridiculous calls, air files. I didn't know we were having robots, uh, but no, I don't know. I don't know how robots could do anything for this scenario, but um, I'm all for it. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> what an absurd question. <laughs> <laughs> the the actual answer is no. It would actually make it worse because robots wouldn't have any sense of nuance for the game, and they would just call every little foul, and everybody would foul out in the first half. That's that's the better answer. That's an actual answer to that question. And let's talk about Marcus Smart because somewhere in the middle of this, Rife C, at Rife C, this is the kind of game that makes you love Marcus. And Marcus is an interesting guy. I, I, I've talked about him a million times. So he's on this stretch where he's hitting a ton of shots. Five of nine again from three tonight. But I don't think it was one of his better games because – he made some really ridiculous passes. He got torched on a baseline drive where I don't understand what he was really trying to do, how he was trying to defend the guy. He, the guy was on the baseline, on the left baseline, and Marcus just kind of turned and tried to deny with his back towards the crowd, giving the guy a lane to just cut which he did, and he got the ball, and he drew a foul, after which I tweeted out Brad Stevens' reaction, what are we doing? Just very bad Marcus Smart. And I tweeted something out. I got to address the things that people are saying because I said Marcus Smart is making just bad decisions and playing unlike Marcus Smart. And people are saying, oh, you mean like Marcus Smart's whole career or whatever? Like – you can not like Marcus Smart. That's fine. I, I don't care if you like Marcus Smart or don't. But the way Marcus Smart is playing is not typical 
of the way he's been playing. When when people are frustrated with Marcus Smart, it's he takes bad shots. His shot selection can be terrible, and he shoots. He takes heat checks when he shouldn't be taking a shot. Never mind, uh, you know, a, a heat check. And but he's always been generally making good passes and generally playing good defense. And all of a sudden, over the past month, it's like his head's not there. And it, I don't think this falls under the fatigue. Something recently is – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I just feel like Marcus Smart's head isn't there. Something is up. Something is going on with Marcus Smart. Is it his contract? Is it something personal? Is it something different? I, I don't know. Is he Does he have a problem with somebody – I have no clue, but he is making a lot of mistakes where he's pointing to himself and pointing to his head, and it's just not intelligent basketball. I, I'd rather see Marcus Smart miss shots and play a better overall game than whatever's happening now because, sure, 15 points from Marcus Smart is is nice on five of nine, nine three-point attempts, but he, I, I just don't like the way he's been playing lately. He's the, he. I have to give him some credit tonight for being the zone buster. Uh, I mean, he was the only guy, and like he, the shots he took in the third quarter uh, were open, and he knocked them down. He also hit a, a heave at the end of the first quarter, so we always got to give credit to the that smart heave. While you were talking, the, the first thing that popped into my mind is um, for kind of an explanation for um, him getting less assists and more uh, more turnovers. And making worse decisions is maybe that the, just the league is adjusting to him and playing him to pass more, especially um, on drives and especially as a pick and roll ball handler. Uh, it seems like they're really dropping back. There was one play where he tried to have a, an alley oop to Tice tonight, and it just didn't work out because there was just two guys jumping for it. And that would that would seemingly make sense to me if they're um, if the league has adjusted to Marcus Smart and really is trying to play him to pass because they know he's not really a threat to attack the basket. There was that article early in the season by um, Matt Moore talking about Marcus Smart being very effective just because teams were treating him like he was uh, like an offensive threat and he was making the right decision. But if they're going to play him to pass, basically treat him like Rondo and he's not going to actually try to finish at the rim, it's going to make his life uh, a whole lot harder. And it could be a reason why um, we're seeing kind of more turnovers and less assists. With that being said, he's also just made some some worse decisions of just like trying to force some balls into the post. Uh, and just, uh, I agree with you there. And maybe it's just frustration from, um, kind of like being treated by the deep, uh, defense differently. Uh, but yeah, he has, it's been kind of bizarro. Marcus smart, but then, you know, at the end of the game, he still is the guy who comes up with the offensive rebound and keeps that possession alive. That like is the only reason they're in this game. So I, I agree. He, it's kind of, it's been a weird stretch for him, but it's not like, if you can question like anyone's effort or the team's effort, and we talked about like them not coming out in the third quarter, like he's always out there busting his ass, and like he does impact winning. So I don't know. He played uh, second highest minutes tonight after Kyrie, thirty six. I I didn't think he was atrocious. Uh, he, they certainly needed his three point shooting, but um, you're right. It's been a kind of a, a, a weird stretch for him, especially over these last two weeks. Okay, let's get to the rain and junk hashtag. And the Jam's junk drawer. I don't have any of the hashtags in front of me, so I'm just going to ah, go to my junk drawer. No, you can, I, you can fill read, them I'll, in. I'll read, I'll read the hashtags out. Uh, today, 
uh, from E.H. Decker. Today I let someone in traffic and they dabbed at me. I hope oh, this well, becomes a thing. We got to talk about probably the best moment of tonight. Yabu Dab. Dabu Sele. He returned. And he returned big time. That Here. was one of the, the best moments I've ever seen. Yep. Mm-hmm. That just... <laughs> the the arrow dab celebration is probably the best celebration in sports at the moment. The best part was he hit a three earlier in the game and Jay King immediately tweeted out, Boyer was the dab. And then it, almost as if he was listening to Jay King, he immediately shot the arrow, did the dab. People were going bananas. Uh, apparently, uh, Scal had to explain to Tommy and Mike what a dab was. I still haven't heard yep. that audio, but that sounds like an amazing piece of television. It was It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Mike's like, does the dab stand for anything? It, it, was, it was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that led me to a very important question, though, is do you think Brad Stevens has ever dabbed? Oh, I stick by my answer that I tweeted back at you. Uh, he, I'm sure he has dabbed in the shower while listening to the podcast, and our theme song came on. Because <laughs> he dabs I, every time he hears Millie's. <laughs> yeah, every time, you know, he starts off with the oh, rain and Jays and, and he's in the shower just dabbing away. Just can't stop. Of course. I feel uh, like oh, at one time if if Brad uh, was or is a listener of rain and Jays, he's going to hear this and then he's going to we're going to be walking in a hallway somewhere and then he's going to dab and then wink at me. And then uh, no one's ever going to believe me and I'll be his like maniacal torture of me. And that's that's <laughs> like my dream. I think I would give up dabbing myself if I could see Brad Stevens dab. I don't know that you could. I really don't. I think I, I would be. I would try my darndest. <laughs> I was uh, at dinner with a like a bunch of coworkers, uh, uh, watching the Pacers game, uh, Celtics Pacers game on my phone. And when um, Tito hit that dunk, you best believe I dabbed on on the entire dinner table. Um, I did not go over that well, but uh, I was proud of myself. <laughs> At Addie Shep, Jam Packard was trying tirelessly, but it took a bear to make the dab cool again. Uh, dabs has always been cool. Uh, Yabu's just uh, joining on board, but I, I appreciate the sentiment. Last rain and junk hashtag from uh, Tania Sundra, your new friend from Chicago. Uh, she is in New York and says, random observation in New York City, Sacramento Kings carry their own bags out to the bus and have zero fans waiting for them outside. Oh, that's sad. That's right on very point. Sad. That is very, very sad. I'm Shout sure to Tania though. She's uh, she's our uh, probably my number one fan at this point, just because she put me in the same um, sentence as Marcus Smart and Brad Stevens. Oh, sure, absolutely. I, I can I can totally see why. Uh, I I expect like Willie Cauley Stein to be walking down the street somewhere in Manhattan, and somebody saying, "You should play basketball." <laughs> Do you play for a local uh, local yeah. high school team? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you should go talk to the Knicks. They could probably use a guy like yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, junk drawer. All right, uh, tonight I heard a great story. This is secondhand junk, but um, apparently on Friday night's game, which I was unable to attend, uh, like they were showing Comcast before the game, and they were showing clips of Bills Mafia, the crazy drunkards who jump through tables and like cover themselves in ketchup. And uh, someone got to witness Cedric Maxwell watching Bill's Mafia and just being super, super confused. And that sounds like a moment I wish I was there for. He just kept on shaking his head in disbelief at these people throwing themselves through tables off RVs. And I just wish I could have been there for it. I um, don't even know what that is. You don't know the Bill's Mafia? No. 
it's a bunch of insane Buffalo Bills fans who tailgate before games and basically just act extremely recklessly, get in, in, incredibly drunk and or just throw themselves literally off the top of RVs through tables. I mean, it's some entertaining stuff. It's the I'm people of Buffalo. I'm going to Google this now while you continue your junk drawer. <laughs> oh, please do. It's going to be fun. Um, they had one of those competitions where they had to like recreate a shot and uh, Terry Rozier did a through the legs shot and the guy attempting it, oh my God, he couldn't. It was the worst through the legs attempt ever. He ju- He like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it felt like he took 15 steps they still gave him the prize anyway because the ball went in, but it was very upsetting. I have very high standards for the guys who uh, participate in the little little games uh, between the game, and this guy, he was, he was terrible. And I hope he's not a listener. Actually, I hope he is a listener so he hears this. <laughs> okay. He should know. Um, there was some like real uh, loud, drunk fans behind me, and they kept on calling the ref sir, and that's always that's always funny to me. Just like – uh, giving him some sort of respect and then basically trashing him for his uh, while he's at his job, but still calling him sir. I don't know. It's just good times for me. Um, post officer Marcus Smart, he destroyed uh, Bam in the post for one thing. And you just can't post up Marcus Smart. Uh, no, the league has yet to learn this. It feels like they try to post up Marcus like once a game and he always wins. Uh, those other drunk fans also called Kelly Olynyk the white Carl Malone, which made me uh, really laugh just because that doesn't fit at all. Uh, and then finally, there was a baby in the game with a onesie on, and they showed him on the Jumbotron like a bunch of times, and everyone was cheering and cheering and cheering. It was like, the baby looked like it was born two weeks ago. It was, they were just cheering bad parenting. That is a like, very loud stadium. That's very shocking for a baby. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of that whatsoever. And then this is back to actual basketball, but I think I just have to point out that Kelly Olynyk had a third of the Heat's points and had one-sixth, more than one-sixth of the all the points in the basketball game. Kelly Olenek, his career high. The guy who did had never scored over, he did not, only had, I think, one 20-point game in all of last year's regular season. And he, of course, wins Game 7 for the Celtics uh, against the Wizards, and then comes back, 32 points tonight, six threes. He was uh, absurd. A hero among us, Kelly Olenek. <laughs> um, I am watching Bill's Mafia videos. It's insane. Uh, and I am completely taken aback by the sheer abs just ridiculousness that this is some of the most insane thing. Okay, now imagine Cedric Maxwell watching the same video and that's yeah. the image that I got. This just Oh wow. Okay. It's Buffalo, man. Yeah, there's okay. not much to do in the great white north of Buffalo. I, I guess not. I I never I don't know how I never actually came across any of this stuff. There's a guy on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw a guy whose leg just went a completely wrong direction. Uh basically I don't even know if he still has that leg. Uh I saw sexual activity. There there's a lot of crazy stuff going on and he's I don't know if I ever want to go to a Buffalo Bills game. That sound, it does not seem pleasant at all. No, there's no reason to uh, go to Buffalo. No, uh, you can get yeah. Buffalo wings anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a wild tangent. Okay, let's just leave it at that and uh, say thank you all for listening. And we hope that you are uh, enjoying the show and enjoying it well enough to subscribe. 
you know, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Follow the show on our social media outlets. Follow us on our show, social media outlets. We're on Twitter, raining underscore, raining underscore Jays. Uh, I'm Reds Army underscore John. Sam is at Jam Packard. We are on uh, we're on Instagram, Locked On Celtics on Instagram. We're on Facebook, uh, raining underscore Jays or raining Jays. It's hard to keep track. Just <laughs> follow Just us. Just follow on us one our, place, and you'll get links you'll, to the other place. You'll, you'll get points all all of the other places. Uh, if you are a subscriber, please uh, give us five stars and a good rating, and share the podcast. Spread the word. Share the love. Let everybody know that they should be listening to us, the Locked On Celtics podcast, uh, and they should be playing the draft.com or draft app and taking our money. And yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.